subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, you guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Chuck, good Thursday to you, man. You, you getting excited about this weekend? I'm ready to drive over to Tulsa in a, in a day or well, so. It'll be a good game. I enjoy this game. I enjoy going over to Tulsa. Um, you know, that's an area where we've got a lot of Razorback fans. I mean, there's a lot of Razorback fans in Tulsa. And they'll be there Saturday. Yeah, this is going to be a hard game. I don't think it, people are just starting to pay attention to college basketball outside of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't looked, Oklahoma's a really good team, number one. And I saw the basketball power index of the predictor on ESPN yesterday had OU at like close to 70% in winning this game. So this will be a uphill battle for the Hogs from the tip. I guess they're 8-0. Was it last night or the night before they beat Providence by uh, around 20, yeah. I think. Blew them out. So, um, no, Oklahoma's good. And this will be a real test. And I guess we'll find out if Brazil's going to play. And that'll be obviously a... A big storyline going in. If he can play, Arkansas, I don't know if he's 100% that, you know, you say they're at full strength, but if he can play, um, you're awfully close. If he can't, you're not. So I'll be anxious to see how that goes. And I, I, I you said something yesterday, Tommy, about around the clock treatment. I didn't think there was a chance Tremont Mark was going to play on Monday. It's like there's no way. He was just in a wheelchair less than a, basically a week and a half ago. And sure enough, he's out on the floor for. Trevin Brazil, who Coach touched on earlier this week, didn't get a chance to practice uh, yesterday. They're going to try him on the underwater treadmill. But, I mean, in today's technology, even as bad as that looked and as bad as a sprain can be, you just never know with these well, guys coming back. Yeah. See, I, I, I had the total opposite view when it happened. I, I thought, that's just a basketball sprain. He'll be fine. Um, I didn't I didn't think it was that big a deal, honestly. And obviously, it's, you know, he's not recovered from it the way that I think they'd hoped he would. They're different, you know, different type injuries. Mark in Brazil, different injuries, uh, absolutely. But you know, you're right. I mean, they can uh, they do things now to get guys ready in a hurry. Yeah, I mean, if, if Aaron Rodgers can come back from <laughs> from yeah. Achilles, let's 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 not compare it to that. Well, I mean, I'm just saying I'm, you're talking about technology and new treatments. I mean. I hadn't seen Aaron Rodgers on the field yet. Oh, but they're, I've seen him on is, television is a he lot. supposed to? We're talking about it, though. It, I think he's... I think <laughs> well, he's first off, he didn't... That's a whole different subject. I don't want to well, wade into yeah. that. But but he... Uh, Aaron Rodgers didn't but, have a torn Achilles. I th- exactly. But but here, here's the here's the uh, thing. I think we can all relate with a rolled ankle. So every one of us has stepped off Absolutely. the curb wrong. It stepped hurts. off the side. And it... we You know, there's a lot, a lot of sports injuries. The average Joe can't, you know correlate to or, or empathize with but I think a rolled ankle we all have had at some point I didn't guys I played sports my entire life I did not roll my ankle till after college I had never rolled my ankle my entire life and then now now basketball it's I have to wear these ankle braces because I do it all the time yeah. I don't know what happened but I stepped out of my garage carrying something wrong it. and stepped on something well, you and, got that ice if it's icy, well, I, well, no, I, I, I don't even have that excuse but let me just say it It's happened to all of us at some point, and and we know it hurts. Well, here was what Coach actually said about Trevin Brazil, his exact words in regards to his status for Saturday. A severe sprain will not participate in anything that we do today. Possibility of him going on an underwater treadmill to walk tomorrow. So not a glowing report. It wasn't something that he just woke up the next day and felt fine. Still got some more days before we play, but unable to, you know, to shoot around or anything today. See, think about what Trevin does on both ends of the floor. He is top five in the SEC in shot blocks. Him and Chandler Lawson, they're both elite in that area. And then he's top 100 in all of college basketball in three-point shooting. He spaces the floor. Makai Mitchell can't do that. Jalen Graham can't do that. So if he's out, they're going to have to tinker some things. And they might go small, which is going to be interesting because, guys, OU can rebound the basketball. You know, I thought the most significant thing he said there was we've still got two days. Mm -hmm. Um, And, 
you know, yes, Trevin Brazil brings a lot. And, if you know, if you've watched Arkansas play, you know what he brings. And you do know, as you said, there's a difference between Trevin and some of the other guys. Um, but let's see if he plays or not. And, um, you know, it's Thursday, I think, by my count. Mm-hmm. So, uh, You're right. They're still, uh, <laughs> they're still over 48 hours before they tip off. And as you said earlier, Ty, they can do a lot of things now. Exactly. So I wouldn't rule him out. I just heard underwater treadmill. I'd like, I'd just nice. like to see one. That sounds, that sounds interesting. How do you not electrocute yourself? I got lots of questions. Yeah. You know, I'd like to, <laughs> I, I'd like to experience on one of those. I, I will say, Chuck, you referenced the Providence game. I'm happy Oklahoma won that game. I want these guys to be undefeated heading in there. You think about what's happened the last two years. You kind of blew them out last year. Two years ago, you got blown out. I kind of want this to be a back and forth kind of tight game which it kind of sets up to be on Saturday. Oklahoma's a lot better. They were picked I think 12th, 10th or 12th in the preseason wise and I more again Porter Mosher added a bunch of guys out of the portal. I think this is a much better game that we initially anticipated as it sets up right now. You know, I think preseason polls in basketball probably mean less now than at any point in time because every roster is different every year. You don't really know what you have. You have a collection of players, but you don't really know if you have a good team till you start playing. But, yes, Oklahoma out of the gate, um, you know, they've, they're eight. No, I won't say they've defied all expectations because I don't know that those expectations were really founded in anything mm-hmm. other than just what they did last year with different guys. But, yeah, they're good. Arkansas is going to have to play well. Well, uh, pardon me for not knowing, and I shouldn't ask a question I don't know the answer to, but, but would Arkansas be the best? If they had, if they were 9-0 and after this game, would, would that clearly be the best win for OU? I think probably so, got, yeah. I think they've got a win against USC. Yeah, that, uh, but Bronny didn't play in that game. Okay, didn't. And um, so, yeah, I think uh, I think if they beat oh. Arkansas, that would you know that would be certainly as good a win as they've had. And here's here's an interesting. I, I know you might say, well, North Carolina could have been. Ar- this is Arkansas's first quad one opportunity. Is Oklahoma first time all season they're playing a quad one opponent? If I remember that right. So again, must- Duke was ranked ninth in the country, but not high enough in net. To qualify for because it's got to be within a top twenty-five team if you play them at home. So ninth in the poll, but twenty-fifth in the yeah. not in the top. Isn't that poll. weird? Yeah, that so doesn't, that doesn't go together, does it? Unless I, unless I misread it, this is Arkansas's first quad one opportunity against Oklahoma, and I know must not even North Carolina. When, wow, I, I hadn't read the net. It's so enough. weird because like these rankings, for example, like Arkansas's in the like the the receiving votes category of the AP poll, right? So you right. think, okay, they're probably in the top 50 or in it. Their net ranking as of this morning is 111. Yeah. So it's early. Musk was just as befuddled by it as we all are, but there's a lot now, between is, now and March. I, I've, uh, forgive me. I was, I, was, I was looking up exactly what the parameters are here. Where was North Carolina ranked? Or where were they in the net? So I think I think neutral site, it has to be top 50. Neutral I mean, site, top 50. Home, home top, top 30. Top 30. Okay, I was close. And away, top 75. Right. So, I, I, I mean, now whether or not it's a quad one win right now, I mean, yeah, you're right. And it, that matters. But, I mean, we are in December. I, I don't, I don't want to wade off into the weeds here. But um, it's an opportunity to beat a good team. No question. And it's an opportunity to beat a team that's probably going to be in the NCAA tournament. And so, therefore, you know, whether in December it's quad one, quad two, quad 15, um, when you get to the end of the line, if that team's standing and they're in the field of 68, you benefit from beating them. And it might not kill you even if you lose to them. Yeah. You mentioned the, the number of Razorback fans in the Tulsa area. You've been to every one of these that have been played over there. I guess the what, it's been two now, and this will be the third and final one of these. Third and final. Um, how neutral side has this been, or has one had an edge over the other? I know with OU, if their football team's really good, they don't pay a lot of attention even to a good basketball team till after the bowl game. We've had a few more. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think it's been like 75-25 or anything like that, um, but we've had more people. Um, I don't... Uh, and, you know, we're going to have to find some things out. Even though Oklahoma's our, you know, next-door neighbor... And even though we've watched them play football all our lives, I don't know what an average crowd is at the Lloyd Noble Center. I don't know what they draw for baseball. I have no idea how many people go to a women's basketball game there. I have no clue. Mm-hmm. So we're going to learn some things about Oklahoma. 
We're going to learn some things about Texas. That's a long way of saying I don't know how excited an Oklahoma fan is when their basketball team's 8-0. I and don't know. Look at their- I know if they were 8-0 in football, we'd hear about it 24-7. But in basketball, I just don't know. They did not look like in that Providence game they had much of a crowd. But again, that's a weak game. You don't yeah. know what it would be on a weekend. There are some good, like let's say when Baylor or Kansas or one of these high pro, or Houston now that's part of the Big 12, what that look because it's one thing, again, Bud Walton Arena, for example, didn't have a great crowd on Monday night, but we know what that crowd is going to be against a marquee opponent like Duke or a weekend game. So there is a yeah. difference. We've got to, again, put that in perspective once conference play starts. And, you know, you look at Lloyd Noble, I think once we get them into the league next year, it's easily going to be the worst basketball is facility it? in the conference. I mean, there are, and I say that not to disparage Lloyd Noble, but it there's not been a, a long-term commitment to... Even Hump Dump and Starkville? I think, yeah, I mean... Lloyd Noble is not very good. Okay. Yeah, it is important. And I double-checked. They have uh, – Arkansas is actually – I think that North Carolina game was a quad one. They're 0-1 in quad one games. So, again, back to that outside. I think this this Arkansas-Oklahoma, whether – and we know about their softball program, how good their softball program is. But this, to me, with Norman being close, as close in proximity as it is to Fayetteville, has the best potential for – it. not really a rivalry, but to actually become somewhat of something. Hey. We, we all have that OU fan. We want to just get under their skin. Boys, just start calling them a softball school. When they, when they get after you about how good Oklahoma football is, all oh, y'all are a softball school. That, that just drives them crazy. I think a lot of it's going to depend on where you live. That's a good um, point, yep. You know, you know, we talk about Fayetteville and Norman as though all the Oklahoma and Razorback fans are collected in Fayetteville and Norman. No. Um, Oklahoma is their state's team. With apologies to Oklahoma State University, there are more OU fans than OSU fans in that state. And um, Arkansas is a Razorback state. So you can go up and down that western wall and, you know, you can live in, you can live in, you know, DeQueen. And you feel it the same way somebody does in Fayetteville. It's a lot closer to Oklahoma and some of those folks you got to work with oh. every day than it is for us. So, yeah. And, yeah. And, and you also consider, too, like when the Razorbacks play Ole Miss – when they play over in Oxford, pick your sport. The eastern half of the state goes. The same way the western half of the state will go to Norman, uh, I think, regularly when the Razorbacks yep. play over there. I, I, but, but, but I think a lot of it does depend upon where you live. Hey, I grew up on the western front. <laughs> I, I've yeah. had I've had many a verbal spar with MOU oh, people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is uh, so Musk got asked about that. Hey, what do you think about the significance of OU them joining the league? He he kind of had a different approach. Not really. I mean, I no. <laughs> I mean, it was whether we were playing, you know, Texas or I mean, look, it's a they're a really well coached team. You know, it's great they're coming in the league. Proximity, all those things make a lot of sense. But I don't like. I'm not looking at Saturday's game and not for one second and saying, oh, wow, they're coming in the SEC next year. How are we going to play this game? I mean, I don't really care that they're coming into it at all. Can he doesn't have the same approach that, let's say, a lot of people in the River Valley do in this side of the state when it comes to wanting to beat Oklahoma in anything. I don't really care what approach he has towards Oklahoma as long as they win the game on Saturday. But he I just do wants think, to win, yeah. and he wants to beat Porter Mosier. Yeah, so. and I, I do think, again, the perspective you guys brought up, depending on what part of the state, Eastern Arkansas, it's Ole Miss. Southern Eastern Arkansas, it's LSU. Central Arkansas, and across the state, it's Texas. Northwest Arkansas, I still don't think it's Missouri. Maybe it'll come to that point. Western Arkansas, it's going to be OU. But different pockets. Again, Texas is always going to be number one. But then the number two, like you're saying, it's just relative to where you live. Like Ole Miss is is high for me. I hate A&M more than anything. But there's a lot of Ole Miss alums in Central Arkansas where I grew up. So that, again, the proximity... Being as close as I was to Oxford, that's what it is for every part of the state, like we're saying. Well, no, you're right, and it'll uh, it'll continue to be that way. I think, you know, I think what 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 Musk was talking about there is I don't, uh, um, you know, I don't think you approach this game any differently because they're going to be part of the SEC next year. Um, nor, frankly, do I think you approach it all that much differently next year when they are. Mm-hmm. A member of the SEC. I, 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 I think, as, as he said many times, each game has its own identity. Um, you know, we're going to see Oklahoma a lot in basketball. And it's going to be fun. But this Saturday, quite honestly, is about Arkansas continuing to play well. Because they've lost three ball games, And um, Oklahoma hadn't lost any. So, you know, when you look at Arkansas' situation, they got to go over there and win a game. 
All right, let's go to the McClarty Daniel Hotline and welcome in Sterling, who is in Center Ridge this morning. Sterling, welcome in, buddy. Uh, I've been doing great, guys, and uh, I haven't been able to check any social media or read the paper this morning. Usually I come into work, I get, a, get the paper, get a cup of coffee, check out social media, check out the sports news uh, for the day. But today, they, when I got here, they treated me like a, like a brownie, a, a batch of brownies full of x lax <laughs> yeah, I had to get it, it went to work, you know what I mean? So I had to get after it, but so has there any been any updates on K D and if not, to me this is just and of course, you know, I'm no insider, you know, I'm just a this old hog fan, just get and go to work every day. No inside information. But the way I see it being the tea leaves, it seems like both parties are kinda of like looking and if and if we don't find anything better than the other We'll come back together. So it's almost like a couple that there's a doesn't agree to date other people, and they're looking around. And, and if this is the best we can do, we'll get back together. If not, if you do better, uh, good luck to you. And if I can find something better, good luck to me. Uh, is that the way anybody else sees it, or, or is that just way out of whack? I never thought about it that way. Sterling, appreciate it. I, I think that there's so there's better quarterbacks in the transfer portal than KJ Jefferson. There's also probably better opportunities for him moving forward than what he has currently right now at Arkansas. Maybe at a lesser school, I wouldn't necessarily say in the SEC, but uh, maybe at a place that he can thrive at this point. What, what I would say, as I brought this up earlier, if Bobby Petrino thinks that KJ is their guy, then you roll with it and you probably try and support it and you understand that his offensive acumen his play calling his ability to read a quarterback is a lot better than your own because that's just a fact now if he doesn't believe that kj is your guy even if you're a fan of kj jefferson it's probably in both parties best interest for kj to move on at that point i get il money has a lot to do with this um i think we tend to focus on the football and what we see on the field as fans Kind of like in basketball, we tend to focus on Oklahoma coming into the SEC. Uh, the participants think about different things. Just as Muss thought about something different in terms of basketball, I think players and coaches right now look at it differently than fans do. Um, it's in large part about NIL money with a lot of these kids, mm-hmm. and I've got to believe that, that that goes to the heart of this issue too. Yeah. I, I think, and it's just – I agree with what Chuck's saying. I think it may even go to the point that, you know, you're trying to figure out where you're at with the NIL money because of this new EDGE program, and you're trying to get fan involvement at a smaller level but a greater number. Yeah, I don't know if if fan participation at those levels have anything to do with trying to strike a final deal, but in the end it is about money, and the school's got to have the money. Well, so i got to believe the EDGE, EDGE NIL program's got – some kind of piece on the on the table here. Well, how much you've got to work with obviously has something to do with it, yes. But I think sometimes when you talk about can I fit this into my budget, that tends to be more with players that you're after. You know, with new guys. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's an understanding that, you know, hey, if so-and-so comes back, he's had a great year, I'm probably going to have to give him some more money. Um, you know, Landon Jackson announced he was coming back. I got to believe his NIL deal is better than it was last year. Um, so I think with the players that you already have, you know. You know you know that if we decide to bring them back, this is what it's going to cost us. And we got that money. You know, I don't think that, frankly, KJ is going to demand a dime more, or he's, he's going to command, I should say, a dime more than what he commanded last year. So, I mean, you know where you are. But now if you're another school, if you're another school, and you would like to have a K.J. Jefferson or a different quarterback or a different tackle, but you got all this money allocated to guys you got to have back, at that point, then you begin to have to make decisions. You know, can I afford this guy? Can I piece him in here and, and, and maybe, you know, usher this guy out over there? Um, but there's no doubt that, and I'm no expert. I mean, I'm just, you know, talking off the top of my head like a lot of people are when they go, you know, when it comes to NIL. But I've got to suspect that when you're trying to fit somebody new in, that's when you've really got to take a hard look at your NIL budget. It, if I was a coach, I would, and you, this wouldn't be followed to the letter, but I would do my best to instruct my players that not share what they're making, right? <laughs> 
Yeah. But even again, yeah, that's good not luck good with luck that. with that. That's yeah. not good that, luck. That's yeah. not going to fall because what you just brought up, I think, is important, Chuck. So with the, everything's rising in cost, right? Salaries, cost of anything, right? I would expect that certain players who are coming back this season have already made their NIL deals or whatever. The incoming ones, though, are going to require more based on the current market right now. So you might bring in players that cost more to you, even if it's not necessarily a sure thing that you know what you got there. And I think that caused well, sometimes. No, there's there's no question. And you, I think you, I mean there's financial risk yeah. every time. And I think that causes strife in the locker room sometimes when these guys that have been here are making a certain amount of money, and then they figure out, well, this guy's making more, and he's not even contributing as well, much. Well, they already know who's. I mean, the players know who's. You know, they got a pretty good idea about who's making what. We we may not, but they know. Yeah, I think some of that stuff does 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 creep into the locker room. I, I don't I don't I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah, and uh, you know, yeah, good luck getting all them to. Uh, hey, I signed well, a, as, a, a a statement here. I signed a piece of paper that I wouldn't talk to anybody. Yeah, good luck with that. Well, but see, also too, we talk out of both sides of our mouth. We say, well, there's no disclosure. You know, there's no disclosure. Guys don't know what other guys are making. It's not fair. But then out of the other side of our mouth, we go, I don't think they ought to tell anybody. Yeah. So I, and, and, and there are so many complexities to this. Well, and, yeah. every, and I'm sure from the player's perspective, the more money you make, the better. Well, that, that means I'm a better player. Well, that doesn't, doesn't always, doesn't always that, equate right. that way. We see it in pro sports all the time. A guy making a whole bunch of money and a guy like Brock Purdy making less than a million dollars. That you know, some of these guys that, put that in perspective. There's yeah. probably twenty some odd quarterbacks yeah. out there in college so. football, twenty to thirty, that are making more than the potential MVP of the NFL. Celebrate the magic of Christmas at the Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in the historic Venetian dining room this Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. From 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., your Christmas dinner includes a salad bar, carving station, hot buffet items, and desserts featuring traditional and unique items. Over 12 dine for $58 per person, under 12 for $29, and under 6 eat free. Reservations required must have a credit card to hold reservation. Call 501-623-7771 or log on at arlingtonhotel.com slash dining for reservations and complete menu items. Call or text the McClarty Daniel hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. All right, let's talk to Mark, who's in Fort Smith this morning. Mark, welcome in. Hey, morning, guys. How you doing? Good, man. Great, Mark. Uh, you sparked my interest a little bit ago talking about these ball players. My son was a stud high school ball player. Uh, they were like state runner up three years in a row, whatever. And then he goes to uh, Division Two up in Miami of Oklahoma, and he said it was such a culture shock change uh, that he wasn't even much interested in it anymore. So we got to remember these are kids, you know. That's one thing that. I didn't really realize until I had that situation, but these guys, money or not, they're kids. And, uh, I think we need to maybe think about that a little bit with all this other stuff that's going on as well. So I'll sit in and listen, see what you have to say. Thanks guys. 
Thanks, Mark. Yeah, there's no question it's a commitment. And we kind of referenced like the job aspect, eight to 10 hours a day, whatever you have to work. I mean, you think about practice, film, other extracurricular stuff you have to do with football, basketball, baseball, name the sport. It takes up a a good chunk of your time. How many of us here just uh, talking into microphones this morning were equipped to handle all of that at 18, 19 years old? Oh, I would be dead. Okay. Now, I, I mean, I'm honest enough yeah. to say it. I'd be dead. Yeah, I wouldn't I, have I, made it to 30. I wouldn't. I mean, I could. I wouldn't be equipped to, to figure out how to manage my time and be disciplined enough to do it all. And then add into that, let's just put it into terms of, of our age. You know, let's just say, Chuck, someone dumped an extra 50 grand in your bank account when you were 18 or 19 in a college town. You'd be equipped to handle that, too. Well, no. I mean, that, I mean, you think about what all these ki- what these ki- these guys are facing now, and, and it all sounds fun and glamorous. But what's, what's, but let me tell you, it, it can get you into a lot of trouble because I don't think any of them are equipped mentally. I wouldn't have been. I'll be, be first to tell you, I wouldn't have been. Well, you've got a lot of downtime, and I'll go back to what I said earlier. Yeah, idle hands 16, make mischief. Eight, you've got 16, 18 hours in the day where you're on your own. And they're not calling you up and saying, hey, man, you got study hall in an hour. Nobody, if you don't want to do something, is going to make you go do it other than the time when you're at the football facility. You're on your own other than that. You got more money than you know what to do with. It's burning a hole in your pocket. Mm. And uh, some kids can handle it. Some kids can't. Some adults can handle it. And some It's exactly right. What is, what is, I mean, how many people listening now don't, don't have their uh, – the checkbook register quite where it needs to be. What did you? you bunch your, of us. Tommy, what did your late father used to say? If I ever came into a bunch of money, I'd spend the most of it on wine and women and <laughs> wine, waste, women, and horses, and waste the rest. And of waste it. the rest. Tug McGraw had that great quote. He signed that contract. He said, "What are you going to spend all the money on?" He said, "Well, booze and women. Then I'll probably waste uh, waste the rest of it." Oh, that's a. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so basically the, the sum of our discussion, Tommy, Chuck, and myself would not be equipped at 18 years old to do what certain guys on campus and gals on campus are doing well, right I'd now. I'm saying some of them aren't handling it well, and that's why you do have some problems. That that can lead to not winning as many games as you need to. I mean, there's it can, could lead to you not being the, the kind of teammate you need to be to your players and your coaches on your team. Well, I mean, there's two different things, college and pro. In college, you don't have as much unsupervised time. And that's the way, even though these guys are making more money than they've ever made in many cases, you've still got a chance to keep it together. You know, as a head coach, with all the layers of staff that you have now, there's still a chance to keep it together. But at the professional level, again, I mean, you're grown men. Everybody's fighting to keep their own job at the professional level. Um, There's not any real mentoring going on. I'm sure as heck not going to train my replacement. Um, that stuff doesn't go on in the pros. And it is a cutthroat world. It is an every man for himself world. And I suspect, in fact, from the players that I've talked to that have gone pro, the, you know, the team aspect, band of brothers, all that stuff, um, it's not quite like it is in college. Let's talk to Melvin, who's in Sheridan on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Oh, is he done? All right, Melvin hopped off this morning. So, yeah, no, I think that is a, a change. And Matt Jones, who you hear on halftime every day from 11-2, can speak to it. I, I hear him talk more about the brotherhood of his Arkansas teammates, Chuck, than at any point when he was a Jaguar or other stops in the NFL. I suspect it's kind of like, um, you know, you grown-ups at their jobs. If you work at a big place, you got a lot of people there, you probably make friends with a handful, you know, and the rest of the guys are coworkers. Um, and whereas in college, you're brothers, you know, um, there's much more of a camaraderie at the collegiate level than there is at the professional. Just like, you know, if you're a non-athlete, hanging out with your buddies in college, a lot, lot less pressure than you know, being in the work world. Yeah, it's kind of like the uh, the bond that uh, Tom Murphy and Bob Holt shares. We welcome him in on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. That's a brotherhood, right, Tom? We were talking about <laughs> brotherhood, you and Bob. Uh, I'll try. One time, Bob and I went to Palo Duro Canyon before the Texas Tech game and shot a short video standing together, and it was windy, and it was, you know, nice canyon. And people started giving us a bunch of grief about how goofy that was. You know what? They can eat it, man. We had a good time, and Bob and I are buds. 
I can think about all the trips that you've taken uh, over the years in these lawn. Didn't didn't you tell us one time that Bob also almost killed y'all getting out of the the wrong lane or whatever? He drove out in the middle of the road. Oh my gosh, man! Um, we need to back off a little bit, but yeah, one time in Houston, coming back from the A the A and M game, uh, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of lanes turning and underneath an overpass something deal and Bob almost went the wrong way but we got it fixed. Well, Arkansas football at least got some positive news yesterday. Landon Jackson uh, coming back. I know we've talked a little bit about Rocket Sanders in the poor but what did you think about Landon's decision to return to Fayetteville, Tom? Well, we had been kind of hearing that that might have been his move and um yeah, I would think of all the the guys on the team, he 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 ranks in your top handful that you would want to have back because um I mean, he showed it in the Alabama game. And you know, honestly, after that game you thought, "Wow, man, after a game like that against a, you know, premier team and they were struggling on the old line a little bit at that time, um that, you know, he probably would think it was time to go pro." But hey, um, it's, uh, I know that he really likes Deke Adams. A lot of these guys on the D line really like their position coach. And maybe he feels like another year of seasoning will, uh, lead to a better pro situation because he's really got the prototype body at 6'7 and, and he gained that weight to get up to 280. He's a team captain. So there's a lot of positives. Um, uh, perhaps his influence and guidance can help other guys make decisions and b- be better players next year as well. Tom, he was one of the guys, and by the way, we're talking with Tom Murphy on the McClarty Daniel Hotline, Whole Hawk Sports, Arkansas, Democratic Gazette. He was one of the guys you got out of the transfer portal a couple years ago. And I know this year you've lost some key pieces already, most notably Rocket Sanders. Maybe KJ is one of those guys in the future. But when you look at when this thing started compared to where it is now, would you say Arkansas has had more of a net positive in inter enrollees than they have departures with the transfer portal? Well, you boy, and we've only got a few years of this of data to look at, but man, there's been uh, a whole bunch. Yeah, I would say that the, the number of impact guys they've brought in has certainly equaled or exceeded the the losses. And even though you don't want to minimize some of the guys like losing Jalen Catalan hurt, you know, last year's team. I'm talking about the twenty, well, I guess it would be this year's team. Um, uh, and you know they've lost other guys who are, have been big time contributors. But to think that you've got a Drew Sanders out of the portal and then Jordan Dominic only here last year he had a huge year for sacks. Uh, they got good value out of John Morgan and, and Tank Booker um, and um, a lot of other guys. I, I mean Jaden Hazelwood was a huge addition. Matt Landers. I mean there's a long list of guys who have been impact transfers and i don't think there's quite as long a list of dudes that they've lost tom murphy with us on the mcclarty daniel hotline we were discussing earlier just kind of the 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 radio silence with kj what does it mean what what's your take on the fact that neither side the school or uh, kj said said much about the portal in his future what what's your reading of the tea leaves here i gotta say a few days ago i was like really cogitating on you know what, what could be what what could be at play here and now I'm just um, – uh, it's like going to Hawaii, man. At some point you just kind of chill and, you know, you go with Hawaii time. And so now it's KJ time. But I do think that he's probably weighing, um, you know, first of all, whether to go pro or not. You know, wh- what will my evaluation be? Uh, how much money would I make, you know, long term? And then if you can balance that out by making another year of – just say the going price, as Matt Rule pointed out, might be a million to two million. If he can make somewhere in that range next year, um, is that more than he could make as a pro? And, and how much more would he enjoy that? Uh, because you are a big man on campus. And ju- just as Chuck was saying, when I came on the air, it's a different thing, man. The camaraderie you have in your college locker room, what it means to be on campus. Um, and and I, it, it's a different level than in the NFL when you know you walk out of that locker room, you're basically on your own. You can hang with some of your buddies, but it's a different deal altogether. And so those are the things weighing on KJ. And he's from Mississippi, man. You know, it's like pouring out the molasses. It goes a little bit slower, man, when you're in Mississippi. <laughs> yeah. Tom, uh, Arkansas introduced the Arkansas Edge NIL Collective that's, uh, 
you know, fan fan funded, crowdsourced, however however you want to label it. Have you heard anything from the initial week or two here that this is? I guess it's been a, just over a week now. It was last Tuesday. Uh, kind of what the early returns are on this, and if fans are are buying in and and getting involved. Um. You know, I have not checked with UA officials on what it's like, but we did see Hunter Juracek posting the day after. You know, it was a great first day at all. Um, they needed to kind of drum up that, I guess, that positivity and, and, and that momentum because uh, that's what players are looking at. You know, how much money is in your collective? You know, what what slice could I get and, and things like that. So uh, that is worth looking into. Um, and I was asked by a lot of different radio Guys, I've gone on, to, you know, the opposing team throughout the course of this year. Where does Arkansas stand in NIL? And I never looked, you know, super deep into it. But I would, I would always say, you know, I think they're fine. You know, they got the the Walton money and the Tyson money and you know the Hunt uh, up here. And uh, but I, I think they were slotted about where their revenues are in the league, which is you know somewhere around the nine or ten range. Um, and I, I think they needed to kind of spark that up. And I don't know if they can, you know, even approach the Texas A&M, Alabama, Georgia type levels. But certainly um, they needed to create some momentum regarding their NIL. And I think I think they've done that some, but I would have to dig in a little deeper. Tom, we'll leave it there this morning, man. We appreciate you jumping on with us all as always. We'll recap that OU game on Tuesday and talk some more football, probably get some more portal news in regards to incomers and outcomers next week. Yeah, it sounds like a winner. See y'all. Yeah. Tom Murphy with us on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Uh, Chuck, sounds like uh, Tom has a similar read on some of this KJ stuff. Just I think both sides still trying to feel out what the best option is for the school and, and for KJ himself. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's one of these things that I know continues to, you know, dominate a lot of the speculation. You know, uh, we know now that Rocket's not coming back. And, you know, for uh, several days there, it was, well, what's Rocket going to do? And we have the answer to that now. So, um, naturally, everything's going to revolve around KJ and, you know, what he's going to do. And I, I just, um, I'd be surprised if it, if it goes along very much longer. But, um Again, I, I just can't help but believe that NIL is a big part of this, whether it's here or, you know, somewhere else. I don't know that he's going to have an opportunity to play pro football next year. Um, he'd probably have an opportunity to try, um, but that's probably less of a guarantee than whatever NIL money he would get as a collegian. It's football season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. And with 64-inch TVs, beer, burgers, and, you know, wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch the big game. So bring the gang and join us this football season at your local Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings, beer, wings, sports, and your home for any game. Roar! Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. All right, I'm going to do something here in a hog update that we've never done since I've been on this program. We're going to lead off with volleyball. Y'all, for only the second time in program history, this team is playing in a regional. Now, they've lost to Kentucky twice this season, but third time's the charm, right? They'll take on the Wildcats at 3.30 today on ESPNU. Now, Kentucky, this is their fifth time to make a regional since 2017. Hopefully, Arkansas comes out on top today as Coach Jason Watson's squad, again, has had a tremendous season, and they're trying to keep it going as of 3.30 today. First time they've been in the Sweet 16 since 1998. Yeah. And you're so, the, um, you know, you're in the elite now. And you're playing the elite of the elite if you win this game, presumably, because you're in the Lincoln Regional with Nebraska, so or Super Regional, I guess it is. This setup is a lot is almost identical to baseball. 
you know, uh, as far as you got the, the regionals last week that they hosted in Fayetteville. Now you're in a super and, um, you move on to the championship round with a win this weekend. It's going to be tough taking on Nebraska, who's, uh, one of the, one of the, you know, one of the, the, the elite programs in all of college volleyball. I'm not going to pretend like I know a lot about college volleyball, but that's the, you know, they're number one. They had that, what, 100,000 people or whatever it was showed up for that volleyball game. Yeah. Evidently, evidently, there are some really good teams at the top nationally. And the reason I say that is from the outside looking in. I mean, Arkansas is good. I mean, Arkansas is really good. They made it to the Sweet 16. And yet, they're the three seed. You know, they're the three seed. This must be a really tough regional, or there are a lot of really good teams at the top mm-hmm. in college volleyball. Because, I mean, the year they've had and there's 16 teams left, and, I mean, they're the three seed there. So, I mean, it, it, it tells you Kentucky and particularly Nebraska very good. Uh, other news here to share with you this morning. Uh, congrats to Jalen Braxton and Luke Haz, who were honored as members of freshman All-American teams. Uh, Jalen Braxton was an honorable mention. Luke Haz was first team and tied in freshman of the year. Both guys announced that they are coming back to Arkansas and hopefully we see more of a ceiling. We saw a good glimpse of Luke this ceiling and Jalen Braxton who eventually became a starter as a true freshman. Guys, those were the highest two rated players from this last year's class and really, I know Luke got injured, but they delivered a good chunk of the year. I can remember when he got injured, we were talking about it. He was probably on the way to a freshman All-America season and I can remember saying, he's going to be a freshman All-America anyway. He, he played less than half the games. He's first team freshman All America, freshman so tight end of the year, uh, freshman tight end of the year, whatever. And um, I mean that tells you about the guy's ability, and it tells you what others think about him too. And I don't think they feared they would lose him. I, I don't think I'm revealing anything there, but I don't feel like they felt as though they would lose him. They felt good about keeping him throughout the process. Yeah. For those that don't know, he's from Bixby, Oklahoma, which was basically two two and a half from Fayetteville. It's not too far, so I would guess it's probably pretty easy a commute for his family to, to come to games in Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. We mentioned this earlier, Landon Jackson coming back, announced yesterday that he is going to come back to campus as well. So you've got a few guys. Uh, Ty Washington is another name to this point that's also announced that he's coming back. Uh, you did lose a guy earlier this week, I think yesterday, Malik Chavis, uh, has entered the transfer portal. So many guys that come out of Rise in Arkansas and play football, he's one of them. So wish him well. He's a guy that's been a rage back for, I think, four years now, and his final year looks like it's going to go elsewhere. I hope Malik Chavis uh, has a great life. And you said something right there that is really important. Lots of kids from Rising, you know, they don't go to college, much less have a chance to play football and be on full scholarship. And, um, you know, live the life that he's lived the last four years. I don't know where he's going to go. I'm sure he'll go somewhere where he can play a little bit more. But uh, I'm pulling for him. Uh, regardless of who he plays for next year, I'm pulling for him. All right, last thing, Arkansas women's basketball back in action. They take on Louisiana Tech tonight at Bud Walton Arena. It is a faculty and staff appreciation night. Uh, Talia Scott trying to continue her stretch. Back-to-back SEC Freshman of the Week in the conference she has been on a tear so far. This She's season. a player now. Yeah. She's a player. Man, they played some she good teams. Too. They, Florida State in that ACC SEC Challenge came home, played UCLA, number two in the country. Mike Neighbors is, uh, you know, taking on all comers, so, so to speak. Yep. That is going to do it for your hog update this morning. It is brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888-8-SPARKY. Back to the McClarty Daniel Hotline where Brent is waiting this morning. What's up, Brent? What's up with you guys, Chuck, Tommy, and Ty? Brent, what's shaking, man? Hey, man, I not much. I just was calling. I talked to my buddies in South Carolina. They were fired up about Rocket Sanders coming, coming to South Carolina this weekend for a visit, supposedly. I said, well... He had 1,400 yards year before this one, and he had 200 and something this year. So, best of luck to you. And I don't know, this just dawned on me. You realize that all of our um, people that entered the portal were, I mean, a lot of them, three of them were our captains. Kate, I mean, Rocket, uh, Chris Paul, and... KJ supposedly, 
that tells you something about what they think about their, how seriously they take their captainship. You've had a captain leave the last three years now. Joe Fouché two years ago. Uh, Simeon Blair, I think, last year, and then this year. So it's, and I would say it's probably not. I think that's just the nature of the beast. I mean, your captains are your good players. Good players are going to have more of a marketplace in no, today's right. world. I mean, yeah. that that it, to me, it makes sense. It means, I mean, all these kids emulate the pros. They emulate yeah. the professionals. They want to be like they, in their fantasy world, are testing free agent waters. Now, some of them, it's not a fantasy, but some of them, it is. Yeah. Well, free agency is about the biggest thing in college football right now, and not just, again, what we're keeping an eye on here in Fayetteville, like Rocket entering the portal. But, I mean, across the sport, there are some marquee guys. I do want to at some point get into the idea of guys speculating. So they've entered the portal, right? And they're debating if they're going to play. Some guys are still going to try and play the bowl game, though. What do you guys think about a guy that's not all in playing that final game? Would you want him to play, whether it's a quarterback or something else? I just saw that, and I thought that was kind of interesting at that point. I would think there would be some pushback to towards that since they're out the door, but then there's also the idea of a coach trying to coach his last game before he leaves, where everyone knows he leaves. So I guess there's some, there's some differences there. I think bowl games, collectively, now more than ever, are just right at the precipice of becoming irrelevant. And I hate yep. to say that, but I think they are. Um, the pros or the guys that enter the portal, they're not going to play. Um, there are schools out there that I guarantee you they just soon not go. And, you know, you're talking about, for example, what, I mean, what's the Orange Bowl? I mean, the Orange Bowl is one of the most storied bowls in the history of the college game. Mm-hmm. And you've got two teams that don't want to be there. You know, and uh, um, you think about some of the things that, the, you know, the bowls that, you know, fall further down the line. Now, personally, I like bowls. I've never been to a bowl where I came back and thought, man, I wish I hadn't gone to that. You know, I've had a good time at every one of them. But I think we're probably about to the point where the only people that care about certain bowls are the fan bases of the schools that are there. And I wonder, too, in some of these bowl games now, how many tickets they're actually going to be able to sell. TV, now, now, look, TV money is such that they don't really care. But it is not a good look when you have a lot of empty stadiums. But if you're a sponsor or if you're the stadium yourself, why do you want to host something that no one's going to go to? Well, because of television eyes, because of eyes eyes, yeah. eyes on the television. It's still a good investment to sponsor a bowl game, at least for a little while. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is valuable value price for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Uh, before we get into, again, this proposal from Charlie Baker, we've got some calls that have patiently been waiting. Let's talk to Reggie, who's from Little Rock, but he's in Shreveport, Louisiana this morning. What's up, Reggie? Hey, good morning, guys. How you guys doing? Good, Reggie. Hey, man, I got talking about the captains leaving, man. I, I got to say, I knew some captains that were total jerks. Uh, I don't know nothing about these guys, but all captains ain't good captains. <laughs> Sometimes you're right. Sometimes you're right about that, Reggie. I I, I had one at Dunbar Junior High School. I, I graduated way back in 76 from Central High. You can do the math. <laughs> and he was a total jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Reggie, appreciate right, Reggie. the call. Thanks, Reggie. Thanks, 
Yeah, not all uh, not all your teammates, even though they're captains, are going <laughs> to. And I bet some of those guys are still jerks today. <laughs> Former players will tell you. Yeah, they know the story. They know that's it. for sure. The truth. All right, Brian and Greenwood's up next on the McCarty Dana Hotline. What's up, Brian? Good morning, guys. How y'all doing today? Good man, doing great. Well, what I want to talk about is kind of a hopelessness, hopelessness feeling, I guess I have for the transfer portal when it comes to the Razorbacks. And I guess the point I'm going to try to make is net loss versus net gain. But over the last couple of years, we've lost players to Colorado, Texas, LSU, South Carolina. Those teams have kind of come in and cherry picked our first teamers and they've cherry picked our captains. Then we go out and go to teams that are beneath us in the non-Power Five and pick up people from Louisiana Tech, UCF, Temple, Cincinnati. With your net loss versus your net gain, and I mean, right now we're about to lose our three- or four-year starting quarterback, our three-year starting running back. So these bigger teams cherry-pick us, and then we go down to the lower level and cherry-pick them. But how are you ever going to get better if that continues to happen? Well, I don't think that's what's happening, respectfully. I, I mean... Let's just look at Arkansas's defensive roster right now. Snacks Johnson, Baylor. Al Walcott, Baylor. Jaheim Thomas, Cincinnati. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just going through my list right now. Dwight McLaughlin, LSU. Landon Jackson, LSU. Uh, Trajan Jeffcoat, Missouri. Um, you know, John Morgan the third, Pitt. Uh, Tank Booker, Maryland. Um, Kiwi Rose, La Tech, you're right there, but he played pretty well. Greer, USF, let's not, I mean, I think we're better than USF, but, um, you know, Greer contributed. So I hear what you're saying in some respects. It always seems like when you lose a guy, um, gosh, he's going to greener pastures and, you know, we're not necessarily getting a quality replacement. Now, if you want to point to the offensive line, if you want to get specific, I think that's an area where, you know, we can talk about that. But generally speaking, no, I don't think Arkansas is traded down. I'm going to be very honest with you guys, and I just don't know how else to say it other than to say it. When you go 4-8 and eight, and you go 1-7 and seven in conference play and everybody wants the coach fired until he goes out and hires an offensive coordinator that you love, um, you know, when I look at this roster, I mean, when you're in that situation – I mean, are the guys that are leaving, have they really been that valuable to you? I don't know how else to ask other than to just say it like that. Mm-hmm. When I look at this roster right now, you mentioned two guys a minute ago, Luke Has, Jalen Braxton. Very important to keep guys like that. But some of these veteran guys, I mean, it's not like you've won a bunch of ball games. It's not like they're leading you to the promised land. The truth is, in this portal, not just for us, but for a lot of teams, is... You're trading one slightly disgruntled player for another slightly disgruntled player. Sometimes their ability outweighs all that. And you can put them in a situation where they're not disgruntled anymore. But if a guy leaves one place, he'll leave you too. I mean, don't kid yourself. So, um, but I think all in all, Arkansas has fared pretty well. In fact, I think the national rankings... When you look at how Arkansas has fared in the portal the last couple of years, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Ty. You pay a lot of attention to this. I think they've been top ten. I think they were top ten last year in, in, in terms of their portal class. So yeah. it's hard, you know, it's hard to make those snap judgments, but I think they're doing okay. Your portal class has consistently been better in the high school class the last two or three years yeah. to Chuck's Fair point. enough. Fair uh, enough. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, the reality, and I, I've said this before, if Arkansas was just subjugated to – playing college football and recruiting college football high school you're probably going to be closer to six and six five and seven or four and eight <laughs> the portal is going to help you out more than it's going to hurt you. it has been i'll push back on brian and greenwood's points because i said it earlier i'll say it again it has been more of an, a net positive than a negative and i know this year this year might be different i'll admit that losing an all sec running back in rocket sanders losing aj green losing a good linebacker in Chris Paul. I think this year has stung at least initially more, but you don't All know. All of they, those well, guys are replaceable. Yeah. All and, those guys are replaceable. But the first, I, I don't know that the first couple of years of data that you want to look at from the transfer portal are going to, to hold the same trend moving forward because I think schools have now gotten their act together with NIL money and the portal and putting the two together. I, I mean, I think we're all seeing it. So 
at first it was about a better opportunity, maybe a little bit of money. Now that schools have organized their NIL efforts and their portal efforts, I think it's a different game than it was two years ago in December. No, you're right. So, no question. Here's my question, and I think us three of this can relate, and there's probably a lot of listeners that can relate to this. Most of us don't participate in the jobs we're doing because of the money. I've got a friend right now that's a lawyer that hates waking up every day, hates his job. Now, he's making 250000 plus a year, and he's living in it, but he hates his job, hates every with every fiber of his being, hates his job. I don't think we hate our jobs. So, again, the premise that it's about, and I get initially when you're high school, and listen, I've never been in a situation where I've never, I've always been taken care of. I'm about as middle of the road, middle of the class it gets. Maybe my perspective isn't as, it's different than some, but we, we've got to find a way to communicate to across the board, not just Arkansas. But it's not just about the money. Even that's where we're trending right now, because what will happen is you'll realize when you get to certain campuses, regardless of sport is I made the wrong decision because I got paid more here when I could have benefited long-term going somewhere else for less money. And that's not just applicable to Arkansas. That's applicable to the mid-major kid in basketball that elects to transfer and move up a classification. That's applicable to uh, so many different young men and women that are entering the portal right now or trying to make more money somewhere else. It's not, even though it's about the money, I, I understand that. You'll find, I think in the coming years, you're talking about the transfer portal down the road. I think a lot of these people in a couple years will find, you know what, I made the wrong decision by just going this opportunity because of more money. Well, I love your youth and your idealism, Ty. <laughs> but I think more and more every year it's going to become about the money. Yeah. Just, you know, you're we right. started the hour talking about Charlie Baker. Um, and what's being proposed right now. I mean, it's. Uh, um, I'd like to share your idealism. I really would, but I'm too old and too cynical. I think it's. Uh, I think more and more, and I think we're particularly seeing it this year. Well, it's about these guys thinking they're free agents now. Yeah, and, and here's why it's going to get worse. High schools going. The high school levels, in my opinion, are going to adopt similar, not the same, but similar principles and, and philosophies with kids being able to transfer. NIL money to some limited scale will make its way down to high school at some point. We're seeing it already in some states. Oh, gosh, it, it, yes. It's going to become an issue where by the time they get to the college level, and certainly by the time they've been on campus a year or two somewhere, this negotiating NIL money, this portal thing is going to be old hat to some degree. They're going to have been through that process a few times. These are Little League parents on steroids. I mean, you think about, I mean, you think about how many times have you said in your life, man, if it wasn't for all those parents in the stands, those kids would be having a hell of a lot more fun out there playing ball right now. It's the parents <laughs> that ruin it. And it's, the, it, it's, it's, it's all of us. I include myself in this. We've gone crazy. We've just gone nuts. I mean, you think about this. We're paying high school kids and high school coaches, and, and it's legal. It's not that big a deal. And I shudder to think what these kids are going to be like when they're 25 years old oh, and all that money's we're gone. We're doing them no favors. All that money's gone. And you know what we're going to be doing? We're going to be giving money to the next batch of them. And we'll have forgotten the names. And they'll be moving on down the road. And when they get to be 30 and 35, well, I wonder whatever happened to that guy, if we even remember their names. And um, somewhere along the line, I hope this blows up. Because I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's horrible. But I, I also know that these horses have left the barn, and I don't see a lot of things changing. The only thing that can fix this is the horses that have left the barn have to run over the cliff. And, and, and I, hate, I hate for it to have such a dramatic ending, but I think that's the only way you can fix it, is it to have a major blow-up of some sort where the, the public and the fans and the ones that really drive all the TV revenue, which has driven the coaches' salaries, which has really put us down this path of the players got to get this money and and all, you know, all of this has to blow up at some point to get fixed. So, like, not playing in a, a national championship game or, like, would I don't you know. say that? No, I think there are going to have to be, and I hate to say this, but I, I think there will be tragic stories that come out of this 
over the next five or ten years. I think there will be personal tragedies as a result of this. And I think some of these things, you know, there's not, for example, I don't don't think there's going to be any congressional action until the voters demand it. Voters haven't demanded it. They're not going to demand it. But uh, we and 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 I think something. I think along the lines of what Tommy says, something's going to have to happen. Some cataclysmic event would have to happen, and I'm not sure that's going to happen. I'm I'm going to sound really callous here, but it's just real life. I mean, we see oh people OD all the time. People still do a lot of drugs. We see people. Well, that's why guys alcohol. like me aren't ready to turn it over to guys like you. And we see people alcohol DUIs killing people. A lot of people still drink. I think that because of the money that's in being well, invested and being spent, they will push those, as you said, what could happen, transpire events under the rug because of the sport itself. But, we, but, but everything you said is right, and we don't do enough about alcohol and drugs and other things, but the sad reality about all of us, and this is a commentary on all of us, we care more about our college team than those other issues. Well, that's what I'm And saying. that's why this will, at some point, it, it'll have to get a lot worse than it is now before it will ever get headed in the right Incident, direction and in, get better. Incidents happen in the National Football League, in the NBA, in the MLB, and no, you're yeah. right about that. But 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 what you said a little bit ago was that it's not always about the money, and kids have got to consider other things, college and things like that. That and saying it's gonna, you know, it's just going to continue, and they're going to cover things up. Those don't go hand in hand. Um, Something will happen somewhere this, yeah. down the road. I'm saying this is very public. All those things you're talking about are real life, but they're more anonymous. They're more they're they're personal to you or I if it affects our circle. But this is this is very public. I, I would say that's the perspective I want and wish would happen. But the reality I think is what's going to happen is this this train's not going to stop. It's uh, I, well, that's it, what whatever, that's what we said a little bit ago when you were being yeah. idealistic. Yeah, I mean, again, but that's it's taking what, you ten minutes to turn into an old guy. Tonight. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's unfortunately where we're at right now. All right, let's talk to Kagan and Pickett this morning on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Kagan, welcome in. How y'all doing this morning? We're good, man. Turning cynical by the minute, man. Uh, I like. I, I kind of want to disagree with Chuck's statement that he made a while ago. Uh, he said everybody's replaceable. Yes. Everybody is replaceable. There's no question about that. Arkansas is not going to go in the portal and get a 1,400 yard rusher from SEC. It's not happening. Ain't no way. They're not. I think we got one on campus. I think we got one on campus right now. I hope you're right, and I hope I'm wrong. That way, we'll be all right. But I mean, they keep offering three stars and stuff in the portal with JUCO players and everything else. We need to be offering the top players. But we got money, at least. We think we got money. Maybe we don't. Maybe that's why. You know, they're trying to go a little cheaper route. But I will say this. You get what you pay for. You know, you get a three-star linebacker from who, where, whatever university, and it costs you, you know, 60 grand a year, you're going to get that three-star guy. You offer a five-star linebacker that's already at established school like Georgia or Bama that's got 70 tackles and 10 sacks or whatever, you're going to get that play. I mean, that. Like He's said, not going in the portal. That guy's not in the portal. It'd be nice yeah, if he but was, dumb, but that guy's not. Yeah. That guy's not in the portal. Well, I bet there will be. Portal said, "No, I mean the portal's only been open what for a couple days." I think it's. I think it's thirty. If, one, if you've got a five-star linebacker yeah. at your school, if you got a five-star linebacker at your school, um, the money that it would take to pry him away. We don't have that kind of money. Very few do because his own place is going to offer him in excess of a million dollars to stay. Yeah, I mean, let me ask you this, though. I mean, how much is Rocket Sanders worth? What is he in the portal? Is he a four-star? Is he a five-star? I mean, is he a three-star? He's a guy who rushed for 200 yards last year. And and By the way, when he rushed for 1,400 yards, we were six and six. You going to be happy with that every year? I'll take it over four and eight. Well, I I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. I appreciate y'all taking my call. See you, Gagan. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, look, I'm not saying Rocket Sanders is not a good player, and I'm not saying that, you know, um, Arkansas will do as well. 
in terms of what they get out of the portal. But I think they got a guy in Augusta that's going to be really good. I think we saw at the end of the year that Augusta's got a chance to be a really, really good back. And um, I, I got nothing but respect for Rocket Sanders. And I hope he does well. I'm sure NIL is part of this. He's got a kid. I mean, you don't uh, – I mean, once you start making money, you got to keep making money. And uh, nobody's looking to take a pay cut. So – um, I hope everything works out well for him, but I do think he is replaceable. I say it respectfully. We're all replaceable. Not anybody out there that's not replaceable. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.